Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Burroughs Furniture is built for the way you live. From ensuring easy assembly and disassembly to honoring highly requested new colors for their award-winning seating, they always have their customers in mind. Their modular seating is made out of durable materials to last and grow with you. And with Burrow, you always get fast, free shipping. Get up to 60% off during Burrow's Memorial Day sale at burrow.com slash ACAST. That's burrow.com slash ACAST. Burrow.com slash ACAST. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Well, I tell you what, that is not a bad way to start the Premier League. After all of Dart's Twitter going into meltdown after a certain person, if you haven't been living under a rock for the last 24 hours, we'll go through uh, what happened uh, today. Uh, but a certain person tested positive for COVID, so was uh, forced to withdraw from the Premier League. Uh, they tested negative three times in a lateral flow test. Another player came in. We were discussing all. Darts Twitter went into a meltdown. But by the end of the day, the on-Oki action did not disappoint. Welcome to the first Premier League Daily of 2021. Uh, here at Online Darts, we will be the only podcast daily giving you reaction, analysis and insight into everything that's going on throughout the 17 nights in Milton Keens, uh, and it is, uh, I'll tell you what we should call this podcast, the Day of Draws is what we should be calling this pod. Jonathan, alongside you to talk some darts, joining us to do so, Jack Gobby Garwood and Dan Simpson. Uh, we will ask Dan in a moment whether he's finished crying, uh, or will be revealed, <laughs> I'm sure, a little bit later. Um, but Gob, hello for a starter. I haven't done a live lounge with you this week because we just haven't had the time. Um, but uh, yeah, an intriguing night where we're no really closer to finding out what's going to happen in this Premier League. <laughs> no, we're, we're really not. I mean, there's been plenty of predictions by various people that, that follow the sport and social media, and I don't think any of them had Nathan Aspinall to lead the Premier League after night one, spoiler alert. Um, a fantastic opening night. Um, it took its time to get going. I don't think that's disrespectful to say. The opening game and a half, perhaps, there was the odd glimpse, but other than that, but uh, game three really, really burst the evening into action, and it never really looked back from there. No, it didn't. I mean, Dan, obviously, we all know you're a Dozer fan on this show. You've been, you know, you've, <laughs> you've been on the pods a, a number of times. We know that. Um but we'll talk about those a little bit more in detail, I'm sure, later on. But as a whole, I thought that after what had happened today, we needed a big night of action to really get us going. And as we said, it, it, it got going. It took its time, but eventually got going. Oh, absolutely. And, and, and God's right. It was the first couple of games where there was there was moments, uh, game one, game two, you know, moments where we thought, you know, it's good, we're going to get what we need. Game three, Peter Wright and Johnny Clayton, absolutely like that's that's what we've been waiting for from the Premier League. That's the that's what I was excited about all week, knowing the Premier League's coming back. 
and and I don't know. Sometimes it's hard to look back on draws and think, well, you know, was it was it amazing? Was it exciting? Nobody really pulled away, but the the the, the quality really really started to shine to shine through from there. And and both both players have thoroughly deserved point. I think there. Let's uh, let's talk about the arguably for me already game of the tournament could be sealed um, after night <laughs> one, uh, which is Peter Wright against Johnny Clayton. Is where we start our look back, Gob. And, uh, you, you know, we talk about this game being the real sort of game that exposed it into life. It was tipped to be the game of the night. And you look at a game that goes, you know, having only three 180s in it, you'd think probably wasn't the game of the night. But the fact that there was 23 140s in 12 legs of darts, Peter Wright had to be perfect on his checkouts just to get something from that game. And people were saying, you know, when the ferret was brought in after winning the Masters that he may be making up the numbers and all that sort of stuff, they, they're wrong. Because Clayton, for me, looked absolutely superb. Yeah, look, there was concerns from people that Clayton's form couldn't handle it on a Premier League stage. He is arguably the most informed man in World Darts in the last three months. He's the Masters champion. Um, but there was talk that the Premier League was maybe a step too much for Johnny, and he has answered those questions in emphatic fashion, 105 average, uh, and, and taking a point off of Peter Wright. Um, fantastic game that really sparked the campaign into life. Um, I think the Premier League needed this. There was uh, look, a lot of what we're talking about is what the talk has been for the last couple of weeks, if you like, and there's been many comments passed that perhaps the, the field isn't as strong as it could be, given that the players fully deserve to be there, but have all had dips in form. Um, Peter Wright was one of those who we were questioning until the Super Series recently, but it looks like he's got his act together too. Stuck with a straight pencil-style barrel, if you like, because they're quite thin and narrow, these ones. Similar to the World Championship ones, but not identical. Um, and the form has returned with those. Um, but a superb game, this one. I couldn't take my eyes off it. Dan, I mean, this is follow-up for that one because that was, for me, the moment when the Premier League really, you know, when, when the blue paper was lit and, it, and we could all just stand well back. Because, like I say, Wright was perfect on his doubles. He was six out of six and he only got a draw. The ferret will be thinking that he missed opportunities and he probably did to be fair, but particularly you look at that one three eight as well. I think it was to go four two up at one stage for right. You look at the fact when Clayton missed the one six one, uh it would have been six five up to his point. Right then goes and pings in double eighteen and goes six five up. It was just a really, really good game of darts. And there was no I mean the fact as well, right hit the one three eight to go five three up. Clayton then responded with a 12 darter of his own with a one two nine on the ball. The two of them were absolutely brilliant. Have we, have we already potentially seen a, fo- a preclude, you know, a, a prequel of what to expect, maybe on May the twenty eighth in the final game? There's definitely a, there's definitely a chance. I mean, if you just look at, if you look at form, standard, quality of darts on display, they're both out of the gates fast and and. You, I think anybody else looking at those two players now is going to have to be thinking, well, you know, I mean, Peter Wright hasn't missed a double. Johnny Clayton's average is 105. Like, they're, they're not an exciting prospect for anybody else at all. Certainly because, you know, whilst we've seen some amazing stuff today, there, there are still questions over the, the form of, of a, a gr- the great majority of, of this field. Certainly is the case. Let's hear now, though, from the debutante making his full-time debut in the Premier League. Here is Johnny Clayton speaking in this press conference. Johnny, here we are, a Premier League participant. You've played your first game. Good point or a bad point? Um, obviously a good point and a bad point because I think I had a chance, you know, so I didn't take it. So it's, it's a good point. It's still a good point. Yeah, good point. When Peter's not missing a double and you're stood behind him, are you thinking, oh, here we go again? Because his finishing was perfection this evening. Yeah, you know, um, like I say, I only, I missed the 16s and I missed the ball. Peter didn't miss anything on doubles. So at the end of the day, 
you know, I can't argue with that. It's when I got my chance, I didn't take that to take that leg off him. So, um, listen, he's class, and you know, I'm just happy with the way I played, and I'm happy with one point. Bit of a strange day. How did you feel this morning when you woke up to the news that your World Cup winning teammate? Unfortunately, failed his COVID test and wouldn't be participating. Yeah, you know, it's uh, it's hard on, on, on Gezi, obviously, because, you know, being world champion, world number one, he wants to be here, yeah? And, you know, I obviously feel sorry for, for the guy. You know, um, he's a good friend, great star player, and I think the Premier League will miss him. You know, it's, listen, we need him there, and the public like to see him play. So, you know, I'm gutted for him. In your quest to win this title, though, with Gezi sadly not being here, does it make it a little bit easier? No, I don't say that because James Wade is not an easy player. You know, he's proven that many, many, many a time, you know, and listen, he's class. So um, it's going to be as difficult, you know. So maybe the number one seed has gone, but there's a damn good one coming instead of him. So, yeah. Have you set yourself any points targets that you want from this first block of five? So, sorry, but the commentary's going on down there. I didn't hear that. I said, have you set yourself a points target that you'd like for this first block of five nights? No, no, to be honest, no. I just want to do as good as I can. And hopefully I get to the next stage. You know, I take it day by day, match by match, and hopefully I'll do okay. Great. as always, lad, and well done, mate. Thank you, Pat. Good man. Uh, Johnny, there's a, there's a lot going in the background, but I'll uh, I'll try my best. Yeah, yeah. Um, it's I mean a, a debut against Peter Wright and to throw those sort of darts. Um, what are the emotions like when you're up there? It's a Premier League debut. It's a big moment for you. Yeah, obviously I knew I had you know a massive task ahead of me. You know, and um, playing against Peter, who I, I rate as one of the best players in the world. You know. Um, I'm just glad I came away with the point. Could have been better, but, you know, i done all right. Peter never gave me that second chance on this double, so, you know, he took every double. And, you know, it's hard. You've just got to concentrate on your own game and just try and get that point. For you, obviously, you're one of the, the most informed players going into this event. Was there ever any worry that nerves would be a big factor? Because you certainly didn't seem to show any. Yeah, to be honest, in the practice room, I was nervous. I was very nervous because obviously it's my, you know, it's my second time on the Premier League stage. But as a full-time player, it was my first time. And to play against Peter Wright, you know, I was really nervous. But as I started to throw, I felt really good, and like the nerves kind of went. So I, I felt comfortable, you know. How much good is that going to do for you going forward? Knowing that you've thrown a big average, you've got your first point on the board, and you've given. Peter Wright, the world number three, uh, a great game up on there. Well, obviously it's good, you know, and, uh, you know, it's a tick in, in one of the boxes, like, you know, and, yeah, you know, I just look I look forward for every other one, you know, so, yeah, bring it on. Well, we wish you the best of luck, Johnny. Hopefully we'll see you later in the week. Yeah, Josh, thank you, Pat. Johnny, we spoke on Friday and you said you wanted to get off to a good start in the Premier League. Would you have taken a point before the game? Um, yes, obviously, I would have. And, you know, I'd take the point after the game. You know, it's, um, yeah, it's a point against one of the best players in the world. So, I'm a happy man. Try and learn by missing that double 16 and hitting it next time. So, yeah, happy days. Walking out, hearing your work, walk on music on the Premier League stage, how was that for you? Yeah, brilliant, brilliant. You know, um the music going, John McDonald tapping his foot to, to Johnny Be Good. Yeah, it, it tickles me. So, yeah, happy, really happy. I, I'm proud to be here. Yeah. How would you sum up your first game as a full time player in the Premier League? Yeah, I loved it. I, you know, I felt good up there. I, obviously, I, I don't look into averages and stuff, but it's nice to see a big average. And yeah, I just felt comfortable. And that's the most important thing, you know. And you know, I'm just looking forward to it tomorrow. Brilliant. Thanks, Johnny, and best of luck for the rest of the week. Cheers, Andy. Thank you, Pat. Yeah, that, that, that's an intriguing point there from Clayton that he was talking about there, Dan, in the interview, when he talked about Gerwin Price and the fact that the Premier League will miss him. And again, if you have been living under a rock uh, for the past 24 hours, you may have missed the news that Gerwin Price, unfortunately, tested positive from for COVID-19. When he got to the venue on uh, Sunday, 
Uh, and it means obviously he's had to be withdrawn and he's been replaced now by the highest ranked player not in the field. That is the, the current world number four, uh, James Wade. Um, obviously, you may see something on social media that Price actually conducted three negative uh, lateral flow tests uh, and uh, they all proved, as I say, to be negative. Um, before we actually talk about the James Wade versus Gary Anderson game, Dan, um, I've thought about Gerwin Price because this Premier League is going to miss him, isn't it? The world champion, world number one, not in the league. Jeez. Of course it is. And I think, you know, the, the, one of the things, the reason I look forward to the Premier League, so every every year when I'm looking at, I'm picking, you know, which weekends I can get away from the wife and kids and buy some tickets and go and see live darts. Like the, the things that are, the Premier League is always right up the top of my list. And whilst it doesn't have the history and the prestige of some of the other events, it's that you are guaranteeing that you are seeing in theory, the 10 best players in the world and they're going to play each other and you're going to see them all on one night. Like that as a fan is a massive process. Like that's, it's just amazing. You get to see the very best. You, know, you go for a day at the world championships. You don't quite know who you're going to get and what you're going to see. The fact that the world number one, the fact that the reigning world champion isn't there. I know we haven't got fans there, it's all a bit different, but you know, the and I, I think, granted, when if you when you win the Premier League, you, the beauty of it is you know, you're, you're playing 16 or you're playing for 16 rounds of you know, of, of a league, you, you are you are very much earning your position in, in, in that league at the end. But whoever wins this, this will always be the Premier League where the world number one wasn't in it. The, the world champion wasn't there. And, and, and I, I think it will cast a bit of a shadow of, over the whole Premier League going price not being there. What do you, you think, say that. I'm just sort of, You say that, but after the last year we've had, we've already had the various UK Opens where uh, Michael Van Gerwen pulled out because of the back injury, and then we have the Snowden one as well. And we've just had the year of... of of COVID basically affecting everything and would the field have, have been that the way it is for this Premier League if we hadn't have had the year we've had with restrictions and, and no fans is, is a question that's been a lot of people's mind I'm not sure anybody will mind and to be honest whoever picks up the trophy at the end really won't care they will have a large wedge of cash in their back pocket <laughs> that will be a Premier League champion the fact that Gerwin Price was not there um, yes, it puts a, a dampener on it, but at the same time, it's not a happy hunting ground for Gezi anyway. And he will be disappointed that as well than one a world champion, he can't be there to contend, put that right and, and showcase what he can do. Um, I, just, I just want to put to bed something as well. Let's put this right. We don't work for the PDT. We don't have to say or do any of this as well, but there have been so many conspiracy theories banded about in the last I don't know how many hours it is now. 14 hours, maybe? Yeah, and, and they're all bonkers. <laughs> Price was, had to be removed from the tournament, right? The PDC don't set these rules, right? They are governed by the government guidelines, the government guidelines and, and advice of, of what has to happen. Gerwin Price had a positive PCR test. Therefore, he has to isolate. There's no retesting. There's no... Special circumstances for everybody. Yes, he's the world number one and world champion, but we've seen this with Judd Trump and um, Jack Lazowski in the snooker. We've seen it with various other players in the PDC in the last nine months. Let's be fair, the PDC 100% want Gerwin Price in this tournament. And to be honest, if you look at the way they select this Premier League field, they 400% want Gerwin Price in this field over James Wade. There is no big conspiracy... <laughs> <laughs> to, to move Gerwin Price out of this one because if he turns up, he wins. None of that crap, quite frankly. They're just following the government guidelines. You can't push the event back. Sky have already put it in. The entire production crew are there. The venues booked and, and the rest of it. You can't be pushing it back. I just don't see another workaround. Everyone going, well, you could have doubled up other people's fixtures and played Price next week. What happens if somebody has to pull out next week? That mm. completely throws the entire structure off then. They absolutely had to be this way. It's one more event, basically, under COVID restrictions. The government have come out today and said they were moving forward with step two of these in our lockdown and our roadmap. We are heading back to normality. The country doesn't have a choice. We're skinned. We need to spend some money in the economy, right? Everything is going to be back to normal or a various form of normal, in inverted commas, soon. 
Um, but yeah, there is absolutely one million percent no conspiracy about going price not being there. If you want to sit and debate the accuracy of government tests, that's a completely different matter, but we're going to move on. Yeah, I'm about to say, I, I could have that debate with you for a while, Rob, <laughs> but that's not the time or the place to do so. Uh, do you know what? Let's talk about this game then between Wade and Anderson. And uh, if you want to listen to the Gary Anderson interview in full, you can do right now on our YouTube channel. Uh, just search Online Darts TV. Make sure you subscribe there as well to make sure you don't miss any of the other interviews that we're going to be doing throughout uh, the Premier League. But damn, it's an interesting one because Anderson talked about, uh, he said, uh, if he turns around and uh, says, he, I was lucky, doubt it, son. Uh, that's what Gary Anderson said at the end of his interview uh, to us uh, online darts. And he said that because he obviously hit a magnificent shot. The 156 was prime Gando to make sure he survived uh, and, and got himself a point with Wadey on, I think it was 80, if memory says me correctly, for the match. Yeah. But you look at it and think, Anderson missed that many darts at a double and Wadey just did what he does. He just was just hashtag Wadey. And Anderson finishes the night 6 of 20, but that's another game where you look at it and go, blah, but now Gando missed too many darts at a double. Too many chances for him to go and win that game that he missed. Yeah, it's a bit of a strange one in that I can't work out, like even in my own head, I can't work out who should have won that game. Because I think, well, you know, Gary Anderson, did, he did miss two, you know, six out of 20, 20 darts at W, and he only hit six. Now, so then do I think, well, James Wade should have won that. Like, he should, but I think Wade, he's just been James Wade. You know, he's, he's averaged really well. He, 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 you know, 50% on his doubles, very sort of workmanlike professional performance. And I think he was, you know, he, in all honesty, he was one more Gary Anderson missed double away from winning that match, wasn't he? Like, that, that's, mm. and, and, he, and, he, and I think that's all he did was he just seemed to position himself right on the heels of Gary Anderson. So that if he didn't, if he didn't do the, I mean, that certainly at the end, I, I was pretty certain that Wade was going to come back and clean the 80 up comfortably. Uh, that one five six caught me a bit by surprise, just because of the way that the you know the, the previous eleven legs had gone. Yeah, God, I mean the, the, there were aspects of the game. I think it was the one oh six in the second leg where he hit the treble twenty, and I just thought that one was going. I was about to go. That's just prime wading. But I'm about to say, were you hiding behind the sofa throughout the uh, entire game? Darts was the winner, wasn't it? Right? Wasn't that right, God? A draw is the perfect result for me here. If anybody has ever listened to us before, um, horrid matchup night one for my personal preferences. But um, with with uh, our role head on, um, like I said, a superb game. Um, look, the fact that Gary Anderson has just pinched the draw, I'll say, what, pinched the draw with the last leg off of James Wade, averaging ninety eight, who hit six one eighty and was fifty percent on his doubles tells you just how good a performance that was from Gary Anderson. There's plenty of sly little comments sneaking around as well, saying, oh, Gary promised us he was going to dominate this year, and it was well documented what he said at the World Championships, and it was going to practice. That may be a sign. He started slowly to Gary, and that hurt him a bit. Um, but a point opening night, they'll both be very happy with it. They're both fully aware of what the other person can do, and have both been there and done that in this event. Certainly true. Certainly true. Both of them were former, well, are former champions, and they are looking obviously to get themselves into that top four once again. So that was the second draw. The third draw, Gob, uh, Michael Van Gerwen and Dimitri Van den Berg. Van den Berg gets himself a point, but if I'm honest, I think he'll be regretting it just a little bit because he had chances to go and win that game. Now, look. And I, I put on Twitter during the game, I think every G at one stage, after four legs averaging 112, and it was two all. Um, you know, I can't really explain this sport sometimes, but there we are. Um, but Dimi had chances to make it 4-2. Uh, there was a couple of other chances. Yeah, he didn't get the match dark, but having broken MVG twice during the game, you've got to take those chances at this level if you're going to make some noise in the Premier League in particular. But the one six four. And the way he was throwing, in particular, off, off the front knee, that's probably the best I've seen Dimi look in probably since the match play, really. Mm, I think the Grand Slam, the early stage of the Grand Slam, Dimi looked very, very good. Um, well, that was the case. 
Yes. A point in your full debut against Van Gerwen is absolutely not to be shrugged at. I thought Jimmy holds himself very well on stage, as he always does. He comes into this a bit indifferent in the form because of the brace. He says, uh, they said in commentary that he's got it with him, uh, but he wasn't wearing it tonight. Or if he was, he was wearing something smaller underneath um, his trousers, not the big brace we used to see on over the top. Um speaks very well afterwards as well as he always does but I want to talk about Van Gerwen yes he's averaged 100 yes he's got a point in the Premier League to start and yes we both have him to finish top of this Premier League well 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 hang on I should stress sorry I should stress I don't have him to finish top of the league I have the ferret to finish top of the league but I have Clay uh, sorry but I have Van Gerwen winning it after one night, I almost want to change my mind already. Why is that? I'm not sold on the action. The darts, the darts are fine now, right? The darts he threw tonight with will look very, very familiar to some. They will not be going on retail most likely because they are virtually an exact copy of his old set. They've just been, they're just a new set of it. So there'll be copyright law stopping them being on sale, but he'll be happy with them in his hands. But it's, it's the lean and it's the action for me. The misses for Van Gogh were low. And that's because he's so far hunched over forward. If you watch his left shoulder, his non-throwing shoulder, it moves a lot. And that means his action's moving a lot. He's almost falling over on the last start of time. Something we've criticised Michael Smith for a lot over the last 18 months where he wants to walk too quickly. And Van Gogh, with that drag where he's trying to add the elbows a lot lower than it should be as well, He's just having to work so, so hard and it's going to come apart. Not constantly. And he's, he's, he's well, he's leveraged 142% on the doubles, right? And got a point. But there's just a sign for me that in those moments, there's a chance it's going to go wrong for him again. Well, this is what... Because I, I, I saw your tweet and, I, and do you know what? Because I I, I'm nowhere near the, the, the sort of anorak as you when it comes to that sort of stuff, Okay. But even I noticed the fact that Van Gerwen's action looked a hell of a lot more different. No, it did and it didn't, right? We've seen him with a with a pronounced lean before, but this one just seemed a little bit more excessive, a couple more degrees of, of angle further forward, um, moves the centre of gravity, but the front elbow was low. And the, the back leg started to come up at times, and we have literally never seen that. Van Gerwen has got a solid, solid base to his action. And the fact he's moving about on that last start, it's a sign that something's not quite going right up top now. I think there's there's a worry about him. He wants to get rid of that last start early. The, the miss is worrying. Uh, what did he miss? He missed the double 18 at one point. I can't remember where he went first. It went something, treble 18, went inside okay. in the double 18. And the double 18 was so so rushed. Mm. So do you think... Of, and if you yeah. look at the rest of his misses throughout the night, they were low. And that's an issue. So with that like with that in mind, do you think it's a benefit to him that he's going to play every night on the bounce? Or do you think, do you think, it, would you think it's better for him to go away, have a break, have a practice, come back? Do you think, like, do you th- do you think it's potentially not the best situation for him working through that as he plays every single day? It all depends on the results, mate. It absolutely all depends on the results. If he has an absolute stinker in the next two nights, he's then got to try and put that right on the spot. And the likelihood is he won't actually know what's going wrong a lot himself. There might be people around him telling him and having a slight little look. Um, but I don't think he'll be looking at it in as, in as much depth. He will barely notice that he's edged forward a little bit more. And that's what I think is going to cause him issues. And, Dragged and darts low. The release was off a couple of times early. Seemed a little bit more pushed with his thumb than usual as well. But it, look, a hundred average and a point with Dimitri Vandenberg is a good start for somebody that didn't make the finals last year. And the talk has been around him playing well and not getting results. He played well and got a result. But I'm just not sure that's the Van Gogh and Vold. This is a ridiculous standard we're holding the man to because yeah. of what he's achieved in the game already, you still just averaged 100. I'm going to keep repeating that, but 
just something just to keep an eye on, I think. Briefly, Dan, your thoughts on the game? Um, I mean, it didn't go the way I thought, but I think largely because of the reasons that, that discussed. You know, I think we all know we discussed at length the questions that were over Dimmy coming in and how healthy his knee was. Um, I, I have been very much in the camp of late that I didn't buy into, and to be completely honest, until God broke it down and, and, and explained it in a really, really good way that I, I was very much in the camp that whilst people have pointed at matches Michael Van Gerwen's lost in recent months, it, it always took somebody to play exceptional. It was Chizzy or it was Clayton, it was Humphreys. It, so somebody had to play absolutely exceptional to beat him. Um, and then, I, and because of that, I think I just wasn't looking enough at, at, at Michael, thinking, well, no, it's just that someone's raised their game to that level, and 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 that's how that's what it takes to beat him. Now he very, very nearly lost that match tonight, and I, I don't, you know, I don't think he salvaged it, but you know, he he he, he come. I mean, what did he what did he need? It was it 101 he took out at the it end was. to tie it up. It, it was, um, you know. So he's come back looking for a for a ton plus checkout to to get to get a point in a game that. If we're probably very honest, he probably hopes to come in and comfortably put a marker down there. Um, he, yep. I think, he will be disappointed in 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 the way that he's played and and the result there, just because of of the start that it gives him. And, and I think he'll have wanted to send a message to everybody else. Unfortunately, Dan, I've got to now ask you about your man. Unfortunately, the only player to 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 lose tonight was Glenn Duran. He. The last year's champion losing 7-3 to Nathan Aspinall. Now, this is interesting because Nathan Aspinall was the only player, I believe, to beat Durham both times in the league phase in the Premier League last year, if memory serves me correctly. And this time around, he's come around and he's beaten him again this time around. Nathan Aspinall, top of the Premier League, because he's the only player who's won a game. But for, for, for the pair of them, it was an intriguing game because both of them hadn't played particularly well up to this point. Dorant was only averaging 68 after two legs, but it looks like there were signs there, very, very glimmers, much glimmers of signs, that something may be getting there for Dorant potentially tonight, I there, thought. Yeah, I mean, yeah, there was a, there was a, there was a moment where I thought, so, uh, what was it, six, fifth, six, it must be the fifth or sixth set, 4-1 down, he come back and he opened 180, 140. And I thought, mm. oh, here we go. Like, this is, you know, and, and then he pulled that one back up. I think he checked out 86 and, and that, he pulls it back to 4-2 and I, and I thought, right, he's going to, like, he, he's there. There he is. There's Glenn Duran. He's back. Um, and, and then I think a couple of legs later, he took the 90 out, um, Start and there was elements. There was bits in his game tonight um, that that looked good. The way he took that ninety, the you know twenty treble twenty double five, like it just looked really smooth. Looked very much like Glenn Durant playing well. The the, the problem was in in a, in a game that that lasted ten legs. He, he played like Glenn Durant for probably two of them. Um, mm. I think Aspinall has managed to get a good win. You know, he checked out. You know, I mean, that one, two, four checkout from Aspinall as well was lovely. But I it think was. he managed to sort of. He, he's not. He's not had a freebie, but he, he's. I think he's managed to not play his A game at all and sort of cruise through what what looks on paper to be a comfortable win. I just I take some positivity in that there were elements of Glenn Durant playing like Glenn Durant in that match, and I just. Hope that he can, you know, build on that. Find, find some more of those moments tomorrow. Um, like we said before, and God pointed out, you know, it depends on the results. If he, if he can put in a, a better performance tomorrow, find a bit more of that, then there is potential in a format like this that you can pick up some momentum, and he could end up being a different player by the end of the week than he than he comes into the week. Consequently, if you don't pick up that momentum, it it, it could get a bit challenging towards the back end. God. We'll come on, obviously, to Aspinall in a second. Actually, do you know what? Both players at this point, Nathan Aspinall, as you talked about at the top of the show there, top of the Premier League, nobody really made that. But for Glenn Durrant as well, how important is the fact that everybody else drew? Because that way then he's not that far away from people already after night one. Yes, of course, the leg difference is, is, is awful already, you know, at minus four. 
But everything else, obviously, for both players, how important is it Aspinall's got those two points on the ball because he's got Dimi next and then he goes and plays James Way and then he's got Jose de Sousa. So he's got, uh, you know, there are tougher draws to have. But Glenn Durrin, you, you the problem is, though, I don't see where a win comes from for him at this moment in time. He's got Clayton tomorrow night. He's got Dimi on Wednesday. And then on Thursday, he's got Gary before ending the week playing Wade. My biggest problem for, for, for Glenn is I don't know where a win comes from. The, the biggest problem for Glenn is that when you've got absolutely no confidence, the last thing you want to do is see your name staring up at the other nine players in the field. And after night one, it's already there. The fact that everybody else drew it means that he is outright dead last. Yes, it's only a point. But like you just said, you, we're not entirely sure where the next win comes from, does it? And look, we know that he had COVID last year. We know it knocked him for six health-wise, and it was a real struggle for him. But I think he's made a couple of lifestyle changes in the last year as well, but I just don't think are working for him. He's not working anymore, and he's effectively been asked or told to, to give up his social media unless it's for merchandise. He literally has no distraction from darts right now. His entire focus is, right, I need to go and practice, or I need to go and do this there's, there's nothing to take it away from that and when you're not playing well or when you're searching for something you just sit and you dread that moment until you finally do get on a board and then it's difficult to motivate yourself especially when you've been in a slump for as long as does it have and finally after I've after I've just said all of that as well knowing that he's tuned into our shows before does it strikes me as the type that is going to sit around and listen to what the media is saying the same yeah. with Nathan Aspinall who in his interview at the end say that everybody's got me to be relegated and whatever. Nathan, why are you admitting that you know that? I, I'm, not, I'm not upset that these guys are listening and watching various content. They could they can do whatever they want, but Daza will be taking all this in and the immediate reaction, like we're having right now, is we're quite concerned for Glenn in this event. And <laughs> I hope part of me hopes he's not listening to this right now but there is <laughs> yeah. there is a real struggle the darts were a ridiculous angle that was the very first thing I tweeted about tonight's action the lie angle of those darts did not help Dodger at all when you're struggling the way that Glenn's darts have laid in the board over the last five six years as we've seen him have quite a steep angle of entry which means if you put one in the top of the bed you fire another one at the dart you, you target effectively becomes almost twice as big because you can throw it in the inch above it, hit the dart, and it will drop into the segment as well. And he just did not have that. He did not have that aim, in that, that springboard, if you like, to fire another dart off. The covered darts at 19s were a horrid angle. There was no confidence there. The pullback was so rushed to then release the dart. The follow-through wasn't there. That's just tensing up because there's no confidence there, there's no belief there. I think he might be trying to do uh, one of the things, so we, we Phil put an, an interview out that he did with, with Glenn earlier in the week and, and one of the things he, he, that Glenn mentioned was all the things he's tried to change, all the different things he's tried to do to find, you know, find some form again and find find what, what's wrong and I, and I don't know if he's, I don't know if he's changing too much at the same, you know, he's, he's come with a new set, a brand new set of darts with new weights where the weight distribution is slightly different and he's got new flights and then he's got a new way of working and his practice routine is different. And it, I, I don't know if he's changing too much uh, in, in the, you know, in just in, in the hope of trying to, to, to find what, what, what form he had last year. It's, it's, it's challenging, isn't it? Yeah. To me, that goes back to the lifestyle changes. They're two massive things. It worked for him in the past. Whatever practice routine, whatever setup he had previously, it worked for him. He won three world titles in his debut year. He made, what, three PDC semifinals? Mm -hmm. Absolutely rocketed up. Won a pro tour and then went on to win the Premier League. All right, his form was started to dip just a little bit in the Premier League last year. But he's constantly enjoyed being an underdog and people weren't treating him as such anymore. He'd done enough damage in the first 18 months that People weren't surprised when Glenn Durant was taken up. That's what happens when your first appearance, two appearances, or what's his record against MVG? It was like first four appearances, wasn't it? Where he just yeah, he just beat, to him. yeah, I think he beat him three on the bounce, didn't he? Yeah, 
you're not an underdog when you're three and zero against Marco Van Gogh. Well, indeed, but we've got to move it on. We've got to talk about God. One other game that happened tonight: Rob Cross against Jose de Sousa. That is probably the best I've seen Rob Cross play in about two years, probably since the world match play final, I'd imagine. Uh, 6-1-8, he's 10-1-8, he's in the game. Jose de Sousa belongs on the big stage, no doubt. It was a really good game of darts. Cross, though, when his back was against the wall, continues to perform brilliantly. And that, for me, is a big, big thing. And that is, I, I haven't seen Cross do that in a long time, perform well when the back's up against the wall. I think we've seen glimpses on Pro Tours in, in recent times. We just haven't really seen that expand. There's, there's been no progression on it. He, he's put in the old performance like it and then not backed it up. And that, that'll be interesting for Rob Cross is to see what happens tomorrow. Um, Jose, 91 average. There's more in the tank from him. Perhaps a little bit of opening night nerves. Got his first point on the board now will want to get a win on the board as early as possible as well, just so he completely understands what it's all about. thought his counting was a lot better at times tonight, although there was a couple of questionable things. The 72 is ridiculous. Why on earth are you going double, double or three in hand? I, I just don't understand. I can't comprehend it. And My, my friends earlier, we, we were messaging in anticipation of, this evening, they're like, oh, yeah, can't wait for tonight and reeling off various things. And someone's put Jose in his miscounts with the love uh, eyes emoji. And I'm like, look, when this first was happening, it was, yeah, right, looking forward to see it. What's he going to do tonight? Blah, blah. He's a major champion. He's a professional dart player. He's been playing at this level at steel tip for long enough now. It's not amusing. He has to learn how to count. Or is it going to cost him? And Wayne Mardell and, and various others will tell you exactly the same. I never get on his back. I've not been on his back previously, but the more and more I see this now, the longer it goes on, the more he's going to play at this level against top pros who, well, the, the best players in the world, they are going to hit you for it if you keep trying to do those things against them. Yeah, but I thought, he could, I thought his counting was actually pretty okay. I mean, I, I yeah, like, his counting I mean, was yeah. fabulous. Now. I'm more having a pop at the 72, the double-double yeah. now. Yeah, that um, was that was that was that was just stupidity, to be fair. Because there's no need to do that when you're on a, with, with a three dart checkout. Just no need. No. no. But yeah. Um, what do you, what are you thought? What are your thoughts, Dan? Before we move on to look at night two, what are your thoughts on Cross? There, I mean, look, everyone was tipping him as he's the pre-tournament favourite to go down, forty to one to go and actually win the bloody thing. But that was if he plays like that more often than not. Appreciate the next couple of days aren't the best. He's obviously got. James Wade, Michael Van Gerwen, Clayton, and Pete Wright. At least he's got a point on the board, though. Yes, yeah, so I, I look, I, I mean, I worried for him mainly because I, I think he had potentially the worst run of fixtures in, in this, you know, in this opening batch. Um, he, he probably, well, he, he had to play everybody's predicted top four, and. Um, uh, 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 and, and a debutant that we didn't know what to expect from. So I think I, I think just to put a point on the board for Cross is, is great. But I I was really ha- I was really pleased with the way he played. I thought he looked really sharp, and I think the pressure's off him a little bit. And wh- whilst you say it was a lot of people's pick to go down, I don't think the I don't think he's getting as much attention uh, as some of the others are. Now, I certainly don't think, you know, media-wise, I don't think he's under enough as much scrutiny as as, as Aspinall and as Duran. I don't think he's going to be as talked about as, as those players already, um, probably because of the performance he's put in tonight as well. Uh, there's some potential for Rob Cross to build a bit of momentum. And he, if he plays, I suppose one of the challenges he will have is he's got, he's got over the line today... 96 96 average 50 percent on his doubles he's probably going to have to lift that average over the next few days that's that's unlikely to get the job done I would have thought in, in the next three games that he's got but mm. definitely a good start I think indeed let's so just give you a quick reminder of all the results then tonight uh, Nathan Aspinall seven Glenn Durant three Rob Cross six Jose de Sousa six. Peter Wright, six. Johnny Clayton, six. 
James Wade, six. Gary Anderson, six. And as you guessed it, Mark Van Gogh in six. Dimitri Van Den Bird, six. So I'll tell you what, if you had any of those in an acker, oh, I feel so sorry for you. Not a night for the Ackers indeed. Jesus Christ, four draws. It was like that night in Birmingham a couple of years ago and I was there where it was just three seven alls and I think an eight four at one stage, if memory serves me correctly. But uh, but we move. Uh, Nathan Aspinall top on two points. Glenn Durrant bottom on zero points. Everybody else on one point. I think the Premier League table will become a little bit more into view uh, tomorrow evening or tonight as you are listening. So let's go through then Tuesday's fixtures. Uh, Gary Anderson against host Eddie Sousa. Johnny Clayton against Glenn Durrant. Dimitri Vandenberg against Nathan Aspinall, Michael Van Gerwen against Peter Wright, and then James Wade against Rob Cross to round off night two. Of course, it happens uh, from 7 o'clock GMT. We'll cover it for you all. We'll explain how in just a moment. But let's go through some predictions, gentlemen. Uh, Dan, we'll start with you. Gary Anderson against Jose de Sousa. Who wins that contest and why? I think Gary Anderson wins that contest. I just think he... I, th- I think he'll kick on a little bit from today. I, we know he's, he he seems to fire himself up in spurts, doesn't he? And then and then and then, and then he disappears for a bit and he'll come back. But I, I I just think he played really well tonight. I think it could do him a benefit that the way he finished the game today. I think if he if he'd have lost the game today, I might not have been so sure. But I I think he'll take a great deal from that victory, and I think he'll carry that into tomorrow and win fairly comfortably I think it'll be a sort of 7-4 mm. 7-3 maybe but so yeah 7-4 I think Gary Anderson Go on. Yeah I'm going with an Ando win as well I saw enough tonight the scoring power was ridiculous from, from Gary it's almost Gary of old before he went on to pick up world titles his, his scoring was fabulous his doubles let him down you never knew quite what result you were going to get because of that there will be nights when Ando's doubles click and he will go six, seven out of ten and he will be ridiculous. There will be nights when he does what he did tonight and he will be six out of 20. Um, yeah, the scoring looked good. I just think he'll have that little bit too much for D'Souza tomorrow. Uh, but yeah, you, you can never really rule Jose out yet. But I just I, I think there's a little bit too much respect there from Jose to Gary. I think Gary does the job. Score? Seven four. Gary Anderson, I, I'm with you. I think Ando looked good. I think I know he didn't hit as many 180s tonight, but I thought his scoring, like you say, scoring power was there. Jose on debut looked solid enough. Um, it all comes down really on on how bad Gando is on the doubles. I can't see him being that bad again. I, I, I'm going for a hat trick of seven fours, gentlemen. So we all know what happens. Uh, back Jose de Sousa right now in the Acker. <laughs> uh, <laughs> let's move on to Johnny Clayton against Glenn Durrant. Uh, Gob, um, are we going to see a massive upset here? In I can't believe I'm saying a massive upset in the Premier League champion winning a game. Um, but do you know what I mean? I, I, I personally, I'll, I'll put it straight now, I cannot see anything other than a 7-2, 7-3 win here for Johnny Clayton, personally. Mm. Completely agree with you, mate. Uh, I hate saying it. Glenn's a fabulous bloke, a great character, mm. um, but he is in a lot, a lot of trouble. That being said, there will be a moment when it just clicks for Glenn. The yeah. same moment where it does with a lot of players. You don't suddenly become a bad player overnight. There will be one or two performances in this Premier League where it just clicks. It's not necessarily the entire game, but for a large period, and that might put another player under pressure, but like Johnny Clayton settled into this Premier League superbly. Um, and I expect that to continue. He's, he's, he's uh, nailed on for the top four at the minute, in my opinion. Um, and tomorrow's another two points for the Welshman. Uh, seven, seven, two again. Dan? Um, can't say. <laughs> draw. <laughs> you going for the draw? The best I can do. I can't say that. I can't go any further. I'm gonna. Have, I feel like I've. I feel like I've done enough tonight to not like be really positive because I always am extra like extra positive. Mr. Does a positivity, um, and I, I. So, yeah. You know what? I think soon. Sometimes I think for Glenn, it, it's not going to be like almost a moment of magic where he just starts like flying ahead in matches. I think he has to work and grind at it, and that's what. 
when we saw him in the Premier League last year and he was playing really well, that's what he was doing. He was grinding at people and never letting them get away. I just, yeah, I think he needs to become harder to break. And if he does, then he doesn't run away with that game. He, I don't think he wins that game. Um, but I, I, I think he could, if he starts to play, he could grind something out there. Six all. I mean, look, if he gets that, you're more than welcome to come on the show tomorrow and have a, 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 a gloat because, uh, you know, <laughs> fair play. Uh, Jimmy van der Berg against Nathan Aspinall next. Um, tight game, this for me, but I'll, I'll hold back my prediction uh, for now. Dan, we'll let you go first on this one. Um, can Nathan make it two for two or can Jimmy get his first win on the board? I, I think just based on what I saw from both players today, I think we... we... We, there was big question marks over both of them coming in. I think based on today alone, I, I think Dimmy, I think Dimmy wins that game not by a great deal, seven five. Um, but I do think it'll be a bit back and forth. I think there'll be breaks both way. Um, I think it will be a bit of back and forth. But yeah, I think Dimmy comes through that seven five. Job. For me, the outcome of this game is entirely dependent on which Nathan Aspinall turns up. He's another like Van Gogh and that's been playing well, but not quite getting results. His pro tour or, or super series results have been absolutely abysmal recently. Um, I, I don't see Dimi dropping below the 96, 97 average for this tournament. I just think he's going to be consistently at that level. It's if and when Asp does something special. If and when he takes that a ton plus or he fires in the 180 at exactly the right moment. We saw tonight the raw emotion that he gives off when he does that to get himself fired up. And as if he does that early enough in the match tomorrow to give Dimmy trouble. Um, I don't see it though. I'm going to go Dimmy in a tight one, 7-5. See, I think you're right. I think this is a tight game. Uh, I think we've all agreed on that. I just think that this has got draw written all over it personally. I'm going to go down the middle. I think Dimmy... I think the scoring power is there in particular. Like you say, it all depends on what Nathan Aspinall turns up. If he turns up and, and is hitting the, the, the darts that he threw tonight, I think he does beat him, but I just can't see him consistently doing that at the moment. Uh, yeah. I'm, I'm going to say this now. If Asp wins tomorrow, he's safe. Oh, if Asp wins tomorrow, then I think he we, we stop talking about him as being a relegation candidate. We start talking about him as potentially making the top four. Like, you have to. Four points from your first two. How can you not be in, in that? Unless you have a massive drop off, how can you not be? You're the only per, you'd be the only player to go 100. percent I'm not sure about top four, but he's 100 percent not getting relegated if he wins tomorrow that early already. This is what Agreed. we say: like you can't win the Premier League in the opening night or two, but you can definitely lose it. And there are players that are going to be under a lot of pressure come the end of tomorrow night if results don't go their way. One of them could be Marco Van Gerwen or Peter Wright. No, not really, but we have to try and uh, make it um, <laughs> make it some sort of something around there. Look, we all know what's happened, obviously. I think the media are a little bit too much of playing the war of words at the moment between Peter Wright and Marco Van Gerwen. Look, we, we all make a comment and we've all said that, you know, he's, he's put more pressure on himself. But at the moment in time, I think Sky are looking for something, if you want me to be, to be brutally honest. But that is what we do as a job. So uh, apologies, everybody. Um, this is an intriguing one, Gob. Because if it wasn't Michael Van Gerwen, I would be pick, picking Peter Wright comfortably at the moment. But because it's Michael Van Gerwen, I'm having second thoughts. Yeah, that's the issue with me. It's the amount of times in the last nine months we've sat here and said that somebody said something stupid a couple of weeks before and it's come back to bite them on the arse. And this is prime scenario for that. Mm. Once again, it's... It's how much does Peter's recent comments motivate him to play well tomorrow? Because at the moment, Peter Wright is playing better darts than Michael Van Gerwen. And I think that is evident for a lot of people to see. But if he has those slack moments and doesn't get out the blocks quickly, Michael started very quickly tonight. If, if Peter doesn't start quickly and stay with him through the early phases, he's chasing and he'll look like an idiot come the end of the night. Um I don't know where to go. Just quickly, while I'm trying to work out what score I'm going to go with, you said that Sky tried to big it up. Look, the players have done that a little bit themselves, and then when they try and add the extra layer to it, Sky, the players don't want any of it. That's the difference. Uh, I don't they're, know. They're, not, they're not trying to fabricate something out of nothing. There's been substance for it a couple of times. The players then haven't engaged in it afterwards. 
I think that's the difference. It's not they're not made they're not fabricating stories and, and creating rivalries no. that aren't there. There's a respect for each other there as well, which is why I think they call off when they do. But there's a genuine undertone between these two with their relationship with various media outlets as well, that there is something in this. Um you know, I saw enough of him. You watch him turn out to have a stupid set of darts. If he throws the same darts that he threw tonight, Peter Wright wins 7-5. Yeah. I, 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 yeah, I, I want to say that. I want to say Wright uh, beats Van Gerwen because I think at the moment, I, I can't disagree with you. I think Wright is playing better darts than Van Gerwen. But this is a Van Gerwen that can just turn up at one stage and go and average 112. Remember, he holds a record average in the Premier League and it should have been 136, for Christ's sake. Oh, do I go with it? Do I back it? Do I back it? Nah, I'm chickening out. I'm going down the middle. I'm going for the six-all draw. Right, I'm, oh. I'm going to go down the middle, I think. Damn. You I am. Yes. Um, so I, I think up until Gobbs... Very, very insightful analysis of the Michael Van Gerwen throw earlier today. I would have gone for a six-all draw, but based on that insight, I'm going to go seven-five Peter Wright. I think. Oh, and I, I can't wait for MVG to smash him. Yeah, like, <laughs> he's averaging 110 now, isn't he? He's averaging 110 and battering him seven-two, and we're all going. We're all going to come on the show tomorrow and go. Oh dear, he's back. <laughs> <laughs> well, maybe, but that being said, Dave Chisholm's action has, has never been good, but he's done ridiculous things with it. That, that's what I'm clinging on to here. There are people with bad actions that have achieved <clears throat> and, and get results from it. It doesn't mean that that action is there for the long haul. Yeah, but that, that's, I'm, I'm, I'm putting up my barriers just in case. <laughs> well, uh, Let's uh, let's move it on then to the final game of the day, and that is James Wade against Rob Cross. I shall start here. This should be a very comfortable win, I think, for James Wade. Appreciate what we saw from Rob Cross, but Wade beat him in the UK Open. I think Wade beats him uh, here comfortably, and I think this will be seven three, and Wade will be on three points by the end of the night. Dan, yeah, I, I tend to. Agree. I, I find it very difficult to come up with anything other than than that. I think it, it, it's seven three or seven four. Maybe maybe seven four. I think it won't be. Maybe not a complete steamroll job. But yeah, I, I can't see a scenario in which James Wade doesn't just very comfortably turn up and move through the gears and close this out in in relatively comfortable fashion. And Gob, you get the final say. Draw. Wow. Rob Cross, to me, is going to play the role of the spoiler this year. That 96 average tonight, he made a, a, a poor-looking performance with a 96, remember? Uh, the odd signs, there's going to be moments from Rob Cross, and it's just going to happen against my boy Ennis. So I'll put the draw out there, anything better as a bonus. Fair enough. I love that. Under-promising and over-delivering. Is that, is that what we're going with here? Definitely. Uh, fair enough. Well, that's a nice way to round it off. Anyway, night one of the Premier League is done. Uh, the only night where the... Well, the night where only Nathan Aspinall wins a game. He beats Glenn Durrance 7-3. The rest of them, Rob Cross, Jose de Sousa, Peter Wright, Johnny Clayton, who put down a marker for the game of the tournament already, I should stress, James Wade and Gary Anderson, uh, Michael Van Gelder against Dimitri Vandenberg, all drawing against each other. Six apiece in those games. We are still no closer, really, to working out what the hell is going to happen in this Premier League, but uh, certainly intriguing night, if ever there was one. Jack Gobby-Garwood, Dan Simpson, thank you very much indeed for joining us to talk some darts here on the uh, Premier League Daily. Uh, night two gets underway at seven o'clock BST, not GMT. I keep forgetting that the clocks have moved forward. There's a light, there's some light outside now at the start of a Premier League, which is lovely. Uh, but 7 p.m. BST is when we get underway tomorrow. Gary Anderson hosted a Sousa. Johnny Clayton against Glenn Durrant. Dewey Vandenberg v. Nathan Aspinall. Michael Van Gerwen against Peter Wright. And James Wade against Rob Cross your five games make sure of course that you subscribe to our youtube channel where you can find the interviews with all the rest of our players that we've done so so far tonight 
You can uh, look at Nathan Aspinall, Rob Cross, Gary Anderson and Dimitri Vandenberg giving their thoughts on their games. And while you're there, subscribe to us, Online Darts TV on YouTube. And make sure that you're watching tomorrow, 9.30 in the morning, the, the Modus Online Live League resumes tomorrow, 9.30 in the morning. Uh, you can join us for all the action. If you are working back to work tomorrow after the Easter break, have that on in the background if you are working from home and join us for a morning and afternoon of darts before the Premier League. Uh, don't forget that uh, Brad Pates will talk you through uh, the live blog if you are out and about uh, on Tuesday and staying safe, of course. So you can find it onlinedarts.com for the blog uh, of every uh, leg of every game covered. Uh, we'll have the report out for you, of course. And we are back tomorrow. Luke Pickering uh, joins us uh, for uh, the podcast uh, alongside... I can't remember who's on, actually, tomorrow. I'm going to have to actually get it up and open. I normally can remember these things. Uh, but, you know, Scott Mitchell. Scott Mitchell is joining us. So it's Luke, Scott and myself. Uh, where <laughs> you Scott, can... by the way. Not former world champion, Scott Mitchell. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that was, that was Scott Mitchell. <laughs> that was Scott Mitchell. If actually we got Scotty Dog on the pod, that'd be quite nice, actually. That would be good to, uh, to do one time when, when fans allowed back in. Uh, but uh, no, unfortunately, not that one uh, is the best one we can say for that one. But Luke and Scott, join us on the pod tomorrow uh, for a look back at night two. Enjoy it. Nathan Aspinall, top after night one. What happened on night two? 7pm BST for day two of the Premier League Daily. Thanks for listening. Take care and we will speak to you tomorrow.